Hey folks, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're doing well. On my side, all looking pretty good. Got the summer days are back, long, nice and long, getting out, meeting friends. Pandemics slowly lifting, you know, things are getting a little bit back to normal and I can appreciate the simple things again. I got vaccinated uh, four days ago now. Today is Thursday, I got vaccinated on Monday. I got the Pfizer vaccine. Which, uh, you know, one of two anyway. The other, I've, I'll get my second jab in July. So I'm looking forward to that. I highly encourage anyone, if for some reason you're on the fence, I really think get the vaccine. The process was so seamless. I needed to take my ID and the little, the envelope, the, the letter they sent me, went to a nearby place, which happens to be walking distance from my apartment, thankfully. I've heard of some friends and some people I know who've had to drive to nearby towns and cities. For me, walk there, walk home. Whole thing between arriving at the thing and getting the jab in my arm, arriving at the center, it took about five minutes, maybe. Then they they show you to a seat and they tell you to sit down and rest for 15 minutes, checking up on you, people walking around. And that was it. Uh, There was a little wall, a cute little uh, wall where you could put a post-it note saying thank you or write a letter or just some message. Somebody had written on it, um, I can go to the pub again, which was great. And then I put beside that, I can go to gigs again, which is great. Hopefully my first one will be in August this year. Fingers crossed. Otherwise, yeah, the Euros are on at the moment and they're in full swing. Really enjoying that. Had a good night with my friends last night. We watched two games, trying simultaneously to watch two games. Germany were playing against Hungary and France against Portugal. That's the group of death, they call it, because they're all good teams. Germany were losing for a while. Hungary were 1-0 up and then Germany equalized. And immediately Hungary scored again to make it 2-1. And just at the or towards the end, Leon Goretzka scored, and all they needed was a draw to qualify. So, unfortunately, Hungary are going out. They didn't. They they played a great game last night, but I'm not that sympathetic. I said, unfortunately, um, there's a lot of political issues going on in Hungary at the moment. Their leader Orban, Viktor Orban, is not not the nicest of fellas, to put it mildly. There's a lot of ultras at the game and a lot of, you know, young to middle-aged men all dressed in black, all making hand gestures, that like thunderclap thing they do. All a bit too fascist for my liking. Uh, so, yeah, they're gone. Fair enough. But the the tournament is really fun. I, I'm supporting Germany and the Netherlands, which is a bit of a cop-out because they're two very good teams, but mainly the Netherlands. Like, I live here and, uh, you know, I hope they do well. They're not expected to do well and they've they've surprised people so far. Germany looking good too. I lived there for three years. I have good memories. I lived there when they won the World Cup in 2014. That was amazing. I, I, I lived in a really small town in Germany. It was kind of an older population. Not much happened. But around this time, suddenly the kids were back. There was life on the streets. There were, you know, parties and events. It was great fun. So if I could get the same thing here with the Dutch in Euro 2020, that would be great. Uh, before, yeah, I, I do have a, an episode to get to. I do have an interview. Um, I was interviewed for another podcast, but I'll get to that in a second. One last message I want to say is a huge congratulations and well done to Matt Fraser and Robert Cheek. You'll know Matt Fraser because I've talked about him a bunch on the podcast. He's been on two of the last three episodes. They wrote a book together, The Plant-Based Athlete. They, you know, years in the making, 350-page hardback Bible of vegan fitness and nutrition. And it's a New York Times bestseller. The guys have been crushing it for two or three weeks now with interviews every day there was one day they said they did 20 interviews i think in in a day 22 maybe they've been just on the go non-stop for the last few weeks and it's 
I, I've gotten to know Robert a little bit through watching all the live interviews and podcasts and the like. He looks like an incredible guy, or he is. But I know Matt very well, and I know he's so hardworking and so committed, and it means a lot to him, and he's just one of the nicest guys, so fully deserving. Like, con- Congratulations, guys. You're both New York Times bestselling authors, which is mental. That's not a lot of people in the world. Well done. Yes, on to today's topic, or today's interview, which I'm going to play for you shortly. Does anyone out there know a podcast called 10 Junk Miles? It's not a huge one in terms of, you know, the numbers. It's a running podcast, or should I correctly say it's a runner's podcast? Not about running or strength training tips or how to run your fastest half marathon or any of that stuff. You can find that on all the other podcasts and probably mine too over the in the past and going into the future. 10 Junk Miles is a runner's podcast. So you know when you have one of those weekend runs, like a longer uh, 10k maybe you know an hour or two out on the road or in the, on the trail with your friends and it's really good i i've been on many long trail runs with my friends and the thing i love about it it's my group is very you know casual and we we don't try to outperform each other it's not a competitive thing we stop whenever we need to and it's friendly we have fun we catch up we just chat and the miles disappear really i don't you don't notice the time go by when you're with others especially on the trail there's just lots of distractions which is nice 10 Junk Miles, the creator, Scott Coomer, said he wanted to do that for people who didn't have running buddies. He wanted to be their running buddies. So that's it, essentially. The main show is called A Gang Show, and it's them um, just sitting around, couple, you know, drinking beers usually, having a laugh, talking about all the stories in the running world, and just mostly t- not talking about running. It's It's really interesting, because that's what they do. It's just a bit of fun. They give their opinions you might agree with some you might disagree with others like you would everybody in in your friend group probably or you know how it should be and they don't filter their words it's not too serious or they don't take themselves too seriously it's a lot of fun that's the gang show they have uh long runs which is a one-on-one interview um some of the biggest names in running history but also more often people with amazing stories who you've never heard of. So if you have a bit of a longer attention span, you've got the time to commit. The long run episodes are great. And they have a third one now, which started during the pandemic, uh, started last year when it, when everything kicked off, called Meet the Nation. So the Facebook group for 10 Junk Miles fans is called the TJM Nation, the 10 Junk Miles Nation. And Scott just thought it would be a great idea to release regular interviews and just get to know the people who listen to the show so there are 20 30 minute chats i send an email in asking to be one of the listeners that you could meet to be on the show Uh, i sent that email last april i think maybe last may and just two weeks ago or so two or three weeks ago we had that interview i got to have a chat with scott he's a lovely guy very interesting again incredibly hard working does a huge amount most of it on his own including organizing races as well as running a very successful podcast. They've got merch, all this sorts of stuff. And he's a full-time lawyer, so an incredible guy. And we had a chat. It was uh, about a 20, 30-minute thing, just getting to know me. Uh, There was a bit of a trivia thing at the end, which I didn't fully understand how it worked, but you you had had to listen to previous Meet the Nation interviews to know or to... Because he was asking the same questions to everybody, and when you got one wrong, that was it. You were out, and they move on. So... The only question I didn't know from previous episodes was the last one, and I got it wrong. Um, I forget what the question even is, but my answer was Marmite, I think. Something invented or discovered by somebody. Anyway, you're going to hear that in about 15 minutes. I don't need to be talking about it already. 
Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, if you want to do me a huge favor, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, your your favorite app. I don't use any of them. I have a podcast catcher app called Pod Podcast Republic, I think. I click it every day and I don't remember the name, Podcast Republic. Regardless, wherever you get your podcast, most places usually have a like or a subscribe or a review option in somewhere. If you can do any of those things, Share the podcast on social media with friends and family who you think might like it. And yeah, I'd be endlessly appreciative. So thank you very much. Now I'm going to move on to myself and Scott Krumer talking and my 10 Junk Miles Meet the Nation interview. Enjoy. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. That means it's Meet the Nation Monday. These are the short 20-minute interviews of just people that listen to this podcast talking about their lives. So uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, congratulations. If not, sorry to sorry to break the news. Uh, today, we're going to talk to Stephen Gets It Done. Um, this uh, episode is brought to you by our friends at Trail Toes, Anti-Friction, and Body Cream. Have you ever used Tail Toes? Do you chafe? Do your feet get blistered? Do you have issues? Well, Go and buy some trail toes, slather it on your problem area, and you're not going to have any more problems, I promise you. And uh, right now, you can buy trail toes through the 10 Junk Miles store. So go to 10junkmiles.com, go to the merchandise, scroll through. You can buy a big tub of trail toes and slather it all over yourself. Um, We're just kind of doing it because, you know, the people like it, and it's a good partnership, and what the hell, we'll just sell it. So uh, without further ado here, Stephen gets it done. I think this is a long distance one too. It's like Casey Kasem's long distance dedication. Steven gets it done. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello there. Can you hear me? There it is. Steven gets it done. Happy I Monday. Thank you. Likewise. Same to you. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent. And thank you for the Good. picture and the easy schedule. Sometimes people are a pain in the ass and, and you were pretty easy. Just anytime. I'm ready. Boom. Well, for- for better or worse, I have a lot of free time on my hands these days, so no problem. Well, uh, so let's talk about that. Where are you, where are you uh, calling from? Where are you? Sure. Well, I'm in Harlem in the Netherlands. That's the other Harlem, the one the, the uh, district in New York is named after. It's originally a Dutch town near Amsterdam. Nice, nice place. But I'm originally from Ireland. So Dublin are o- over in the Netherlands right now. When you sent me this email a year ago, were you living in Ireland or the Netherlands? No, I was st- I was in the Netherlands. I've been here for five years now, and I did three years in Germany before that. So most of my twenties have been abroad, and uh, yeah, no plans to leave just yet. It's a nice little country here. Are there a lot of Tanjuk Miles fans in the Netherlands? Um, I've I've encountered a few, but only my my trail running buddies. And typically, like the Netherlands, as the name suggests, in the Netherlands, lowlands. There's not a lot of and climbing trails here, but we do our best. 
and I, I've encountered a couple. There was one guy I went on a group run with who I'd never met before, and I think I made some reference, some niche 10 junk miles in joke that he got, and it was like, okay, now we're best friends. I didn't know you before, but you're good. Well, that, that's, that's heartwarming to know that there's two yeah. people in the Netherlands who are talking about 10 junk miles. A minimum of two, that's for sure. Well, maybe it's an untapped market. I have been there, and, and I, did, I did like it there. I went there on the layover right. to uh, South Africa. I think I remember I had just discovered TJM like a few weeks after that, and I found you on Strava, and one of your most recent runs had been in Amsterdam. What now, it, you'll know that city is, well, anyway, before lockdown, chaotic, full of tourists and full of crowds. It's beautiful, but it's so old and quaint and narrow that it's not really running friendly. I'm sure you might have discovered that. Well, and I didn't actually run. What, what I do when I go to those strange places with my wife and we, and we go for a walk is I just like put the Strava on because then... You know, like mm. next time I go there, if I remember something that we walk by or, you know, like, have I ever been here before or something like that? And then it just we just kind of like it's a way of tracking where we went. That's a very good idea. I quite often about halfway through a nice walk or hike or something, I'll think mm, I should have been recording this already by now. So it's good that you're in the habit. Yeah. Um, all right. So what what do you do there in the Netherlands? Well, Long story short, not much at the moment, but that's officially because I'm a flight attendant, or cabin crew as we call it. So I work for a, a European airline, a short-haul European airline called EasyJet, as a flight attendant, and I have done for five years or so now. Um, but as you can imagine, there every different country in Europe has a sort of different regulation and different uh, status of COVID uh, chaos these days. So it's a lot of canceled flights and a lot of time on the ground, unfortunately. Now, I don't remember uh, reading about how the Netherlands is handling the COVID. Like, what's your current status and what, what's it been like over the last year? Hmm. Well, so I just went on a run with an American friend of mine a few days ago here, and she's kind of updated me on what it's like over there, which is relevant because basically from what I've heard on social media, you hear all about the chaos and the disaster and how ineffective the management was things opening too early state by state all that but yet now the vaccine program seems to be full steam ahead she's telling me how her nieces and nephews who are teenagers are already getting vaccinated in her home state of massachusetts whereas over here they handled the outbreak initially very well the first wave wasn't really a wave at all they they managed to flatten the curve and do all that good stuff then they kind of got a bit cocky and uh, they opened too soon so now I would say it's a mixture of trying to keep the people happy because the, the number of crazies who are spouting conspiracy theories and protesting and that kind of thing is steadily rising. A lot of people are getting sick of it these days. And to be fair, I'm getting sick of it too, but I just grumble to my friends. I don't go and protest in streets and stuff. So the vaccine program is uh, painfully slow. I'm still waiting. I, I'm Sign me up as soon as, as soon as I can. I'm fully in favor of it. That's going really badly, but I think overall they, they didn't do too bad um, with the pandemic in general. Nice. Um, so right now uh, you're waiting to get vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm lucky in that I do fly sometimes. We do have some work days still on contract, still getting paid. So big picture, I have a lot of free time and I'm getting paid for it. So I know it could be worse. Okay. Um, I'm waiting for the vaccine, but not for any work reasons, just because I want to have a life again. I want to go to concerts and hug my friends and do all that good stuff. And um, currently, is yeah. it is it um, are there any like rules like you have to stay home or you can't do this, that and the other thing? Or is it pretty much just do whatever you want? 
Uh, to be honest, I've stopped checking at this stage. Yes, there are rules. I, I know what I'm doing. They, they're, they're changing the rules in such minor ways. Like you can have two visitors a day now into your house instead of one. Um, there used to be, they, they had a curfew for the last few months, which has just been lifted a couple of weeks ago. And they announced at the end of it that the curfew really didn't make any difference in terms of the numbers. So they tried it. They're trying a bit of everything. These days, I just, I don't meet many people. And if I am like on a busy bus or train to work or something, I'll take a few days to myself afterwards, see how I feel before I agree to meet anybody else. I know what it takes to be sensible now. And I know kind of my level of comfort. Within that, I don't bother Googling the rules anymore. They've been changing every two weeks. Yeah. So like I just looked up your, your metrics. It's like like maybe like 10,000 new cases. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit high. I think the OR number is creeping up above one these days. Again, the the Dutch in general have a very strong um, relationship with liberalism and freedom and human rights and individual rights, which is from you know tragic events in history, and it's a quite a noble thing. But the problem is that we were way behind the rest of Europe to catch up on making masks regular, uh, mand- mandatory on public transport, that kind of things. There's a lot of people who really cherish their freedom which is again a noble concept but in reality that means uh, a lot of good ideas are taking very slow to get through the courts and all that to to change anything to make it mandatory because they they're so afraid of that big government that kind of thing see here's what's weird about that though so netherlands you got like 17 million people yep you got about nine thousand cases illinois that's the state that i live in has about 9 million people, and we have about 3,000 cases. So we're not that off in terms of, like, how many infected people (laughs) compared to you at all. No, no, that's true. But I guess when when you say there's, you know, know, 50% of the people are vaccinated or anybody that wants a vaccination can get one, you know, and those sorts of things, maybe that, that changes the whole metric. But it just seems kind of surreal to me that, like, the infection rate's the same you know, a little bit, a little bit less than you, and you can have two people over at your house, and I can go to a baseball game. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's very political and it's very regional as well. I find the the different takes because I'm I'm from Ireland and I'm keeping up with a lot of family and seeing the situation over there, and the 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 methods used by governments and by local communities to control the virus are very culturally relevant to the local thing. In Ireland, it's, uh, they've had a distance restriction for the longest time. Like you couldn't move five kilometers from your house or then it became 20 kilometers, this kind of thing. In the Netherlands, people would riot about that. So they could never even think about bringing that one in. Not, it's not a good reason, but there's certainly some fascinating um, insights into how different countries do things based on all of this. I think it's going to be neat reading the books 20 years from now about you know, what happened and who did what and how did it, how did it yeah. help. You know? I know. It's going to be funny. And uh, I'm... I'm simultaneously completely fatigued by it and yet still so fascinated. So what can you do? I I talk to anybody about COVID and I end up really finding myself getting quite interested and quite um, animated about it. I'm not a virologist. I'm not a conspiracy nut. I'm just this guy who knows a little bit from social media and such things. And that's enough to keep me going. Well, if you want more, listen to that uh, This Week in Virology virology podcast which is really really interesting and they teach you all kinds of cool stuff it's really fun yeah i have heard a few people shout that out and that you're another one so i'm going to write it down in front of me here yeah week in virology and uh it's exciting that at least it looks like the eu and biden entered into a deal so i can get to europe this summer 
So I'm excited. Oh, about I hadn't that. read that. Well, okay, yeah, I think good. the I think the thing is going to be that if you're if you're an American and you're vaccinated and you can prove you're vaccinated, you can go fly to Europe. I see. So, so it's a one way thing. It doesn't work the other yeah, way. We, we, can't we don't want your people here. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, what are you planning to do in Europe? Uh, I'm going to France for my 50th birthday, and we're going to drive around oh. and look at architecture. So, oh, beautiful, yeah, beautiful, big plans. All right, um, I hope they can go ahead. Give us the Reader's Digest of your running life. Like, how did it start, and where are you at now? Sure. Um, well, I'll be. I'll say off the top before getting into the running stuff that I, when the Meet the Nation episodes first came out, for the first three or four months when I emailed you, I listened to every single one on without fail. Since then, there's been a lot of once a month kind of, oh, let me check on it. So I don't know if all the game, the rules. I listened to a couple this morning when you told me we, we could have our chat, but otherwise I'm getting ahead of myself. My running history is basically non-existent until, until about the age of 24, 25. I was a sporty enough kid, but for fun, you know, when, when the big kids get really good, that's when it stopped becoming fun for me. So I became a bit lazy. I'm quite a skinny guy just physically. So I, I could always look a bit healthy and assume, well, I'm in my early 20s. I should be fine. Then the first time I tried to run in about five or 10 years nearly killed me and certainly killed my ego. So I realized, okay, I'm, I might look fine, but I've got, got to get back into this and start training. And I would run on and off uh, like once or twice a week, maybe every two weeks without much of a plan. Just go out for half an hour and pick a direction. But I went uh, vegan in 2015, and I'm not going to make this a vegan preachy thing, don't worry. But uh, alongside that, I just got a lot of energy. I felt really good, and I felt like, okay, this is a turnaround. going to get my shit together. I, bought, I had an old pair of running shoes. That I didn't have any other sports equipment, really. Okay, I'm just going to burn my energy out running for now. And that's how it started. Um, literally the same day, or maybe the next day, I googled local marathons in the region. I'd never run a marathon. I never had plans to, but everything just i don't know about you but i had it you have these times in your life when a lot of things happen in a short space of it's really for better or worse and in my case a lot went down on these couple of days in the start of uh, may 2015 started went vegan started running signed up for a marathon and i think at the my ex-girlfriend at the time told me like i know what you're like you're full of motivation but you don't follow it up so you're not really going to do this and that was basically all I needed to hear. She might have been right beforehand, but because she told me I'm not really going to do it, that was like me going, okay, now I will. Thank you. And that was about 2015, around the Cologne Marathon in October for my first. I have run nine, uh, eight or nine city races since then, marathons, and in the last year or two, went onto the trail a lot more. Or I should rewind that now. The last year or two has been COVID. The last two or three years, I got into a couple of trail races and I have run two ultras up until this point. So I'm not super fast. I'm not winning any races. I'm not a stats guy. I don't care about peak performance. I just like to get out and run with friends. And that's what I've been doing in the last five years. So and you've been in the Netherlands for five years? Yeah. So have. have you ever run trails in your home country? I have, yeah. Um, not a huge amount, actually, now that I think about it. My dad is a runner as well. He got into it about the same time I did, kind of coincidentally, but we've become each other's best running buddies since then. But he's run a few trail uh, races in Ireland. I haven't. So normally when I go back to Ireland, it's a bit last minute. I just go and see my friends and family, catch up for a weekend. And I might go for a run, but I go for a run in the areas that I know. So not really any 
you see some beautiful trail races and some stunning mountain ranges and you know scenic wilderness areas in Ireland. I haven't really run them yet. So it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I feel a bit more like a tourist every time I go home these days. What are you training for now? Now I'm training for absolutely nothing, truth be told. So in the last six to six months to a year, I would say my running motivation has just gone, just, just hit the floor. I get out once in a while. I'm walking a lot these days. So if you want to call six hours of walking in a day training, I guess you could if you're an optimist. Um, just before the pandemic hit, I had been training for my second official ultra race, which was going to be in Malta. And that was going to be last May. And they rescheduled to this May. And then it didn't happen in the end. So since then, I've just, yeah, I, I'm training so that I'm still fit enough to run with a group of friends when they say, hey, do you want to do a 20K next week? I, I'm, it, it got to a stage where that, that used to be no problem at all. And these days I think, mm, can I even run 20K? I can, but that's mind myself that I like this lifestyle enough to keep that. That's enough to get me out on the roads. Nice. Uh, is there something about you that no one would in a million years guess? Um, yeah, I thought about this one, and some people, my close friends and family, know it because I, you know, I like to talk about it. It was a cool event, but I have been on stage with you too. I guess for, that's the coolest thing I can purpose? say in my life. Yeah, now the, when you get into the details, it's a little more, oh, okay, that's not quite as rock and roll. But I, in my college days, um, back when I was about 10 years ago, I was a volunteer with Amnesty International in Dublin. And one day we got a call from one of the, the organizers who said, hey, um, we need some extra volunteers than we needed for the U2 concerts. Uh, they were playing four shows in Dublin, in the big stadium. And there were a few like permitted uh, charity people uh, allowed around. So Amnesty was one of them. So just shake a bucket, people throw in some coins and that's it. And I thought maybe I'll get to hear it from the outside. If I'm very lucky, I'll get to go in. They'll let us in after we do our thing. But otherwise I knew nothing about it. So I turned up, got my little bib, got my bucket, stood there for an hour, smiled, had a good time. Concert had just started and we went back to our little base to collect everything and the organizer said, okay, guys, well done. So we're going to get you into the show now and uh, give you your passes. And that was already uh, wow for me. You know, I'm not a huge YouTube fan, I guess, but it's a big Isn't rock everybody show. everybody in Ireland a huge YouTube fan? Ironically, no. There's more, uh, U2 are one of those bands that are much more famous outside of Ireland. Interesting. Or I think if, if I want to be more specific, I would say uh, there might be a lot of Irish U2 fans. There are not a lot of Irish Bono fans. He gets he gets a bad rep over here. We don't love him all that much for. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm Irish. not gonna lie to you. I, I I've had enough of him. Yeah. It, well, we we had a bit of bit of proximity to that, so it, we 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 decided that about 20 years ago. I, world is catching up, maybe. Okay. So uh, to be fair, it's one of the highlights of my life. So I'm not gonna shit on Bono all that much, and and have legitimate reasons to do so. But that's not this kind of podcast, I think. But basically, our uh, event coordinator guy said, yeah, you can, we're going to get you into the show, and then you'll be on, on stage for song number six or whatever. And he just said it so casually. And I'm looking around like, wait, what? On stage? Turned out, at the time, the, the, the leader of Burma, is this woman, An Sung Suu Kyi, was under house arrest, and there was this big, uh, strict military dictatorship, and she was this freedom speaker. And you two wrote a song about her called Walk On, which is one of their hits. And the, the band wanted some am Amnesty volunteers on stage wearing her mask. 
during for the duration of the song. So that was it. Me and about ten others got ushered into the back, you know, the backstage area. Got given a mask of this woman's face to put on and walked out and stood on a stage side, uh, still in front of eighty, ninety thousand people. It's quite surreal. I actually met Adam Clayton once, and he was delightful. Nice. Yeah. Well, you're already one of those people who knows more than just Bono and the Edge, so that's impressive. Yeah, no, he was he was very very nice. So, but you know, I think it was well after he had got off the sauce, so that probably helped. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Um, how That's did cool. you, How did you find Ten Junk Miles? So I found it as I said earlier. I'm not much of a guy for a peak performance and ultra competition and training to my absolute limits. I just enjoy the the, the scene. I enjoy the fun. I enjoy the woods, the nature, the people that you meet in trail running. And I remember I'd been subscribing to all of these running podcasts that everybody knows and loves. And they're all cool, and there's a lot of inspirational stuff. And you get your interviews with all the big, brightest, and the best in the, in the game, if you want to say that. But I just thought there's no fun. Like, I want something funny. I want silly. I want less than perfect. I want relatable. And I think it was in the Facebook group, um, the Trail and Ultra Runners Facebook group, that I just asked, hey, has anybody got like funny running stuff? And Tangent Miles popped up in that in those replies two or three times and I thought okay I'll give it a go and uh, yeah that, that didn't take long for me to realize yet this is exactly what I'm looking for that's the vibe is there a particular show that you liked more than all the other ones uh, yes but again it's probably it's probably for disappointing reasons so I've listened to some long runs with some amazing people and the gang shows are always great and the, the meet the nations have been fun there was a gang show that I was trying to look up, but I haven't found it yet, only because this chat is happening quicker than I thought it was. But my first and only ultra to this point, uh, there was only one podcast I listened to during the whole thing. It was a 50K in Cyprus. And I only listened to about the first 30 minutes because I realized I'm running in the mountains of Cyprus. Get your earphones out of your ears and enjoy it. I was, I was having a good day. But it was a gang show podcast, and I want to say it was from March 2019 because it was the most recent one when I had run. So maybe February, probably March 2019. It was when Siva had just left, and you guys were announcing that. And you also had a lot of jokes about Putin, and the there was some hoodies, some merchandise. I, for, I even forget the details now. But um, but that that one purely because it's linked to my first ultra and being in the the mountains in Cyprus. That became my my favorite show. It's the first one to come to mind for no real inspiration or celebrity reason. It's just it, it was, represents a really good day that I had, so it sticks in my mind. That's awesome. Uh, is there anyone that you always wish I would have interviewed? Yeah, another one I thought of quite a bit as well. And I was thinking, I don't know running celebrities. I don't know these legendary people that you guys seem well, to know. Well, they don't have to be celebrities. And it could be, you know. That's, what I, that's what I thought. I, I went to think of my local running group and the friends I have around here that in, are into it. And there's a guy who immediately jumped to mind when I realized that. He's called Paul Way. Way as in W-A-Y-E. And I think he's online on Instagram, Facebook and everything, a way of life. So W-A-Y-E of life. He's a plugger. Do you know about plugging? No. The plugging is the cool uh, marketing not a marketing term plugging is the name given to people who when they go for a run they pick up litter oh, they yeah, always bring I, I a bag with them that. those guys yeah and he is the most hardcore like dedicated plugger I've ever met which is wonderful in itself but he's also just really creative really funny he makes all these inst- uh, famous movie posters and turns them into plugging running related things and 
he's he's a really interesting character he's a middle-aged man but with the vitality of a kid still and i just i think he's a really great guy to talk to and uh it's worth your time giving him a looking him up at least all right i'll put him on the list um desert island one album one movie and one book what do you got okay my album is rumors by, by fleetwood mac and it was tricky i had a few options to go for but the other ones were my personal favorites a bit more and a bit more niche but i whenever i think of the big albums the best ones in history this one just rises above the rest for me variety male and female vocals interesting backstories crazy band relationships all that it's all in there so but i know you would... too you didn't pick you too <laughs> oh you too great songs i don't want to come across as a you too hater uh the the stuff they did in the the, the 90s especially but some of the, a lot of their earlier stuff is amazing they turned but off no, America never... by putting that album on the iPhone automatically. Like, that was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think what they, the they, fuck? Their marketing department have some, uh, had to write some apologies for that one, I think. That one backfired big time. Okay, book. Book is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Oh, I like John Steinbeck. Steinbeck is great. This one I only knew because one of my favorite artists, is a guy, one of my favorite musicians is a guy called Frank Turner, and he references East of Eden in one of his songs. I thought, okay, that's cool. I'll check it out. And it quietly was one of those books where you put it down and your hands are shaking and you're like, oh my God, that this changes everything. And movie. So I think uh, my movie is trickier one. I didn't have a lot of massive, obvious ones that came to mind. I'm going to say Into the Wild. Okay. You know that one? Uh-huh. Yeah, very good. It makes me cry every time. Eddie Vedder did the soundtrack. I love Eddie Vedder. It's just a lovely, fuck the world, go into the woods, remember what's important in life, and a kind of like spirit refresher for me. So that's mine. Although, ironically, he didn't remember what was important in life at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it's it's an interesting one. And I think I watched it at the right time when I, it just came out. I was in my late teens and branching out of my own for the first time. And I took all that I wanted from it. Now you look back and you see, Hmm, problematic. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not a happy ever after ending. That's for sure. Although I'm, anything. I'm not sure that we know what happened. I think some of that's like just, you know, figuring out after the fact. Right. I haven't gotten into the whole Christopher McCandless story in reality. I almost intentionally don't want to, you know, make it a real thing. It's better as fiction for me. It's a kind of a fairy tale. I, I'm trying to keep it that way. Are you? I do know they moved the they moved the bus. Did you hear yeah, that I did, story? We did see that. Yeah, they did move the bus. So all these hikers were getting in trouble or getting lost or needing to be rescued for trying to find this iconic location from the book and the movie. And uh, yeah, put it in the goddamn airport. The, then people will just see it when they get there, and they won't have to go find it. Build an airport and a Starbucks to commemorate Into the Wild. Sadly, that could happen. I could see it being a, being a thing. Are you a TJM super fan? For the most part. Now, this is something I've only caught up on recently. You're going to have to talk me through. I Are think you I in am, the Nation Facebook group? I'm in the TJM Nation, yes. Are you? Have you left a review? I have left a review, but I don't have Apple products, and it took me so long to find out how to leave a review. As long on the as you left a review that somehow, that's all that matters. So that, that's I have a left a review. Um, cool. Do you subscribe to the podcast? Yes, indeed. Have you clicked through the banner? No. Now, this is one of the few that I haven't. So Amazon isn't in the Netherlands. You can order through Amazon Germany to get to the Netherlands somehow, and I think they've just made an official Dutch one recently, but I'm not up on all that. 
So honestly, no, have not clicked through the banner. But you are a patron. I'm a patron, yes. And uh, are you in the Deadpool? Also not in the Deadpool. Oh. It sounded really funny. It, I love the idea, but I can't get over the fact that whenever I tell my friends, hey, have you heard about the Deadpool? They all seem horrified. So <laughs> I like it, but I've never signed up. All right. Uh, are you going to play the trivia game? Yeah, let's go for the trivia game. Again, a bit confused on that, but uh, I can answer some questions and see what happens. Question number one. What South American country took its name from the Inca word for cold winter? That would be Chile. Yes, correct. Question number two. What was the name of Beretta's cockatoo? Beretta's cockatoo's name was Fred. Correct. Question number three. What city did Emperor Augustus claim he found bricks and left marble? That would be Rome. Roman. All right, here's the big one. It's the one Chris Prairie ate a dick on. <laughs> Who was Becky Thatcher's boyfriend? I wasn't sure either, but I'm going to guess Tom Sawyer. Yes, you got it right. Thank hey, God. Hey, I'm Somebody hearing a drop in real time. Yeah, well, the, some of them I can play for you, you know, but some of them I can't. Like this one I can play. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. For the gooders, but nice. whatever. Can you get gooders in... in uh, the Netherlands? You can. Okay. Yeah, you can get gooders. Good, good, good. All right. Now we're in new territory. All what right. product did William Horlick discover and produce? Product discovered and produced by William Horlick. Oh, okay. Um, this is out of the blue. It's most likely wrong. I don't know why, but I'm going to guess Marmite. No. No, I don't even know why Marmite came to mind. I couldn't even tell you what it is, really. But, well, if you don't okay. know the answer and something comes to mind, that's that's what you should always go with. You know? That's my gut. Because if you don't know and, and your gut tells you something, most times your gut's right. Not this time. And if if for no other reason than if you guess a different answer and it turns out your good answer was the correct one, you can never forgive yourself. So, yeah. yeah I'm why did I not go with my gut? Yeah. Um, and the good news for me is I don't have to ship stuff to... The Netherlands. I could, just, I could just hear my wife being like, what, you're going to give all this free shit to a guy in the fucking Netherlands now? I did wonder if if I, my name was called out in the Patreon list, what would I do? I think for a buff, I would just say, send it to somebody, send it to the next person on the list. Oh, I don't no, we, make could, you pay we can mail a buff to the Netherlands. That's no problem. It's like the size of an envelope. So that's easy. I did. I remember you said something about a group of listeners in New Zealand who got together to uh, bulk buy merch. And I really thought that would be a cool thing to do here, but... You As I said earlier, I think we guy. need more than our two plus listeners. Well, you got to get out there now. Next time you have like a free Saturday, you should go find a popular running trail and just stand out there with like a sign that says, <laughs> listen to 10 Junk Miles podcast. Just hold that up all day and then you'll cultivate a, a fan f or maybe make a 10 Junk Miles um, meetup group in, in, uh, in the Netherlands. I would like that because I'm when you meet any running group over here, you've got the people like me who are just in it for a nice time and have a good day. And you've got the people who are super competitive and super serious about it. So I think I could drag a lot of them over to the, the dark side, if you want to call it that. Well, and you kind of know when you meet people and they're like, oh, I'm a big fan of the 10 Junk Miles podcast. You kind of know what you're dealing with right away. You know, like <laughs> this, is, this is not going to be a douchebag. This is going to be a pretty cool person. Well, yeah, and to your credit, to all of you guys' credit, because you have such a weird and wonderful mix of people who listen and who are guests on the show. 
and it's a very small amount of douchebags compared to the general percentage across the world. You've filtered out the, a lot of those and found this wonderfully weird little 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 family. Yeah, I went um, to a baseball game with a friend of mine from way way back in my childhood, and I was trying to explain the podcast and the podcast community to him. and And I said, to their mm. credit, there's only been about um, four nasty emails in the last five years. You know, so wow. Yeah. Okay, and you think as the numbers go up, the likelihood would, but clearly that's not doesn't seem to be the case. Well, you would think there would be hundreds of them. I mean, just of all the people that we've offended. So we're doing, and, we're yeah, doing it's, all right it's because of it's a policy of yours to let everybody have their opinion and to share and to like constructively disagree with each other, and that which should be a recipe for disaster, but it seems to work. Yeah, well, or maybe it's like the um, I don't know if you if you have the show there the the South Park or the Family Guy effect where oh. You make yeah, fun of yeah. everyone, and then no one really takes it seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like, I disagree with a lot of what's said on the show, but it's healthy. It's making me think about my opinions, or just like even if I disagree with something that's funny, it's still funny, and I can laugh at it. So, I think you have a lot of level-headed people. Also, if we went running on the trail with a you know six people, I'm sure they'd say something you don't agree with. There you go. Do yeah, you listen to the I've Bad Boy been... Running podcast? No, should okay. I? Um, I haven't heard of it. Or I, it's yeah, they're like the radar. UK version of us, kinda. So, ooh, okay. Yeah, no, they're a little That's, sillier, <laughs> and they're not. Um, it's it's two guys, I think. You know, it's it's a, but it's a little goofy, and it's kind of fun, and they're kind of in the same vein as us. And I'm going to try to do a crossover mm. show with them and do like a little bit of like. UK versus now that's the other thing I was thinking about um, usually I say do you have any questions for me but I have questions for you growing up in Ireland was your media like TV and all that pretty much the same as England uh, not in my time my parents would remember that because the BBC were in Ireland broadcasting before we ever had our own Irish channels but by the 60s and 70s the Irish media was up and running properly as well so you do get a lot of the British stuff. It's the funny thing about the cultural, historical relationship the two countries have. We are so like triggered by being mistaken for British. A lot of the Dutch people will ask me, oh, what, what's happening with Brexit? Do you have to fill some paperwork? And I'm like, no, I'm not British. So, oh, I know you're Irish, but you know, you're know you both, right? You're Irish and British. And a lot of Irish people would get triggered by that kind of thing. But the funny thing is we there is such an overlap in our culture and in, uh, the, in the food and in the, the media and the sense of humor and everything. So we can pretend to be polar opposites when really it's just not that dissimilar. So yeah, we get a lot of uh, British TV and, and the like in, in Ireland. And you would have grown up watching BBC as well as the Irish TV. Yeah, you would. I mean, like RTE is the Irish version and, for anything important, if I was watching the news or if there were some big sporting games on or anything, you would watch RTE. Uh, like you occasionally, you'd go to a bar and they'd some, for some reason they'd have the British, they'd have the BBC version on. Why we're in Ireland? Why are we listening to the British talk about it? But for most people, it's a bit more cultural than that. We want to support our own, obviously. Um, but yeah, you have both growing up, and it's it's no big deal either way. Okay, I was just curious. I I, I was up yeah. late last night watching The Young Ones. Uh, which is oh, British, brilliant, yeah, yeah. They, and that's the thing. Like we can, we can distance ourselves. Whatever. The BBC and British comedy have just some of the best in the world. So it, we we've definitely um, uh, benefited from that as well. Have you heard of a show called Father Ted? No. Oh, if you, it's classic comedy. It's up there with Faulty Towers, with the young ones. Bottom for me. 
It's uh, written by two Irish guys, but the, the, the story is, I don't know how true it is, but the story is it was a, it's a comedy about three Irish priests who live on an island. Trust me, it's funnier than it sounds. But they said the, the Catholicism and the, there was such a stigma around making fun of the church in Ireland that they had to go to the, they had to take it to the UK to get any traction to get it on TV and it turned out to be a smash hit. Only ran for three seasons and the, the, the lead actor sadly passed away, but brilliant show. Really funny, really easy, very smart for the time. Nice. All right, well, if there's nothing else left, I'm going to let you off uh, to go complete your day. Thanks for waking up early yeah. and getting this done and people will appreciate hearing from somebody that's uh, in the Netherlands. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad it's been uh, nice and easy to organize and uh, it's good to talk to you, Scotty. Thank you. I really appreciate everything you've been doing, especially since lockdown. Thanks for the support, and thanks for being a patron, and we will see you down the trail. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye.